In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our reading to consider for today is the epistle which you've heard. You may be seated. In the last few years, the place of slavery in our nation's history has become an increasingly hot-button topic of discussion. Some have entered the conversation to try to give reparations to those who were descendants of slaves. Others seem to want to avoid the conversation completely. But today, we hear from St. Paul that all men are slaves. Either we are slaves to sin or we are slaves to righteousness. In fact, this thread runs all through Scripture. We heard in the Old Testament reading the forecast of what was to happen shortly after God gave Adam the garden to work and eat. In the garden was the tree of life, and also in the garden was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Later on in the Old Testament, in the days of Elijah, the Israelites had again fallen into the worship of Baal under the king Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Elijah set up a challenge between himself and the 450 prophets of Baal. That Elijah was challenging the people of Israel to worship Yahweh, the one true God. The other prophets, the prophets of Baal, had made their sacrifices to their God. They cut themselves. They walked around the altar crying aloud. But no one listened. No one heard, says the scripture. Before he called down the Lord's fire, though, Elijah cried aloud to the Israelites, before he even cried out to God, How long will you limp between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. Jesus also warns us that we cannot serve two masters, for either we'll love the one and hate the other, or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. We cannot serve both God and mammon. This is the crossroads at which every Christian stands. Will we follow God? Or will we follow after Baal, mammon, the life of this world? Will we be slaves of righteousness? Or will we be slaves to sin? Dear saints, these last few weeks, we've heard a lot about the righteousness that God gives. Last week, we heard how Jesus gives us this righteousness in baptism, that this righteousness that is received by faith gives us entrance into the kingdom of God. And this is the righteousness in which Christians are now called to live. So what does that righteousness look like? Well, St. Paul compares the life of sin to presenting our members to impurity and lawlessness that leads to more lawlessness. To put it another way, that means that the life of sin is characterized by using what we have and what we are for ungodly purposes. It shouldn't be that way for the Christian, says St. Paul. We may make excuses and turn a blind eye to the holy demands of God's law. We are presenting ourselves as instruments of sin. So, for instance, 
When you don't love your neighbor as yourself, when you bicker and fight with your siblings, or when you talk badly about someone behind their back, or when you look at pictures and videos online that you shouldn't, you're using the love that God has given to you in a way that it was not intended to be used. What ends up happening in those circumstances, and others too, is that our bodies quite literally become instruments of unlawfulness, according to God's word. We use our hands, we use our words, we use our eyes to be given over for ungodly purposes. St. Paul diagnoses this rightly. How often, O Christian, have you done something that you know is against the law of God? Each of us has studied the Ten Commandments and Catechism, and if you even haven't made it there yet at Lutheran Central, we start studying them very early on as part of our memory work. I'm not talking about the times that you feel guilty because that you've been caught, but I'm talking about those times when you know that you've done something wrong, when you know that you have not lived as a Christian, and it really hits home that you have lived outside, apart from the Word of God. You come to realize that you're ashamed of your behavior. The world will tell you that that's just some old religious guilt that you need to get over, but that shame actually serves a purpose in the Christian life. This is not some guilt that we just need to simply get over, but it reminds us that the ultimate consequence for our sin, as St. Paul says in Romans 6, is death. The wages of sin is death. What gain were you getting from presenting your, your body to be instruments of unrighteousness? Those things, he says, lead to death. When we continue to wallow in our sin and to return to those sins, it acts as a chain that binds us to the power of death. But there is another way. St. Paul tells us that as Christians, as those who have been baptized, who have been declared righteous by God himself, we have been bought into the service of another. To the Corinthians, St. Paul says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, he says, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. People loved by God, you are not slaves to your sin because you have been bought with a price and that price is the holy, precious blood of Christ like a lamb without spot or blemish. And that blood, dear saints, sets you free not only from the slavery of sin, but also those chains that bind you to death. This is the true freedom in Christ, dear saints. But this freedom is more than just an end of life in the world as we know it. Jesus says in John 8, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So when Jesus says that you are free from sin and death, you really are free. From sin. You really are free from death that threatens you at the end of your life, but you're also free from those things right now. 
Has not Jesus said that you are free from your sins, that they are forgiven for his sake? You see, the gospel's victory over sin is total. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he meant it. Sin is no longer your master. It is no longer the controlling factor in your life because Jesus is now your master. He has bought you. And so you belong to him. Every aspect of your life belongs to him. Your hands, your feet, your words, your eyes, your money, your thoughts, your deeds, all of it now belongs to Christ. And because you have been set free from sin and death, this means that you now have a mighty power at your disposal. This power does not come from within you. It is given to you as a free gift of God in Christ Jesus. For it is no longer you who lives, but it is Christ who now lives in you. Your old self, along with all of its desires, tell us in the, the, God tells us in the Bible, all of those things were crucified with Christ. So what is this mighty power, Pastor, that you're talking about? Well, it is the power to say no to your sinful nature. You actually have that authority over your old fallen self. So when you're tempted to fight with your siblings, even when they deserve it, you can say no to that urge and you can walk away from it. When you're tempted to spread that latest story about something dumb that you think that your neighbor did and you don't think he should have done that, even if he shouldn't have actually done that thing, you can actually say no to that urge and walk away and then instead speak well of him and defend him and explain everything in the kindest way. When you're tempted to look at things that you shouldn't, you can instead gaze at the beloved one that the Lord has given to you to be your husband or your wife in order that you might love him or her till death do you part. People loved by God, your eternal life, it's already secured Christ. You have been set free from the slavery of sin and death, both now and forevermore. You are now free to live your life as God would have you lead it. And that is according to his word. And as Christ's word continues to live and to grow in you, and his life lives and grows in you, your life will, by consequence, continue to look more and more like his. Now in this life, and then in eternal life, when we will be raised to be like him, our bodies will be transformed to be glorious bodies, and we will live according to his word, no longer by faith, but now then by sight. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.